Hi, this is Agatha Nolan in Nashville, Tennessee. Today's post is entitled Government for Private Health Insurance 1.5. I think this would be known as a rant, um, but it needs to be said about uh, the obstacles that we face um, when we become senior citizens. So since I started in the working world in 1977, I've always had employer-sponsored health insurance. Because my employer has been the negotiator, I've had little interaction with the insurance companies with the exception of two denials. A denial for long-term disability insurance since I had breast cancer in 2006 and a denial for an open-sided MRI from an HMO plan due to my claustrophobia in traditional MRIs. I had an HMO plan for only that one year when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and switched back to a PPO plan the following January. So I've not really had to deal with the government either as I've had continuous full-time employment since the start of my pharmacy career. My mother was disappointed when I quit my job working for the state of Oklahoma in 1984 to work at a private hospital. As she always said, it was better to work for the government for less money, but to get government benefits. As a civil service employee in New York, she always said, the government will take care of you. A few months ago, my insurance status was about to change as I started thinking about a specific date for retirement. I'm a huge advocate for original Medicare and expected to have monthly Social Security payments, but there were still a lot of decisions about a Medigap policy and my Medicare Part D coverage. Which brings me to my scorecard to date, Government 4, Private Health Insurance 1.5. First, um, I applied for Medicare Part A online in March and everything went smoothly. All questions were answered and my Medicare card appeared in the mail a few weeks later. Government score 1. Next, I applied for Social Security to start when I turned 66 in December, which is my retirement year. I filled out all the questions again online, but there was a notation that they might call for more information. And I did get a call. A real live person from Chicago wanted to verify my information from Social Security. Well, she did tell me that I had applied too soon and that I would need to wait until August. There was a form to fill out that I needed to withdraw my request so it wouldn't accidentally start back in March. But she promptly sent it to me via email and I promptly returned it via email. But then a few hours later, I got another call back from the same number. She said she was reviewing my application and noticed that I had been married before. My spouse had died. She said it was complicated, but that I might be eligible for survivor benefits for the rest of 2020 until I turned 66 in December. Did I want to apply for those now? Well, yes. I didn't know I was even eligible. Government score two. When I finally did settle on a retirement date, I needed to apply for Medicare Part B to start September 1st when my employer-based insurance expires. Again, I filled out the application online, 
received a form for my employer to complete verifying credible coverage, and my new Medicare card with Part A coverage and Part B starting in September showed up a few weeks later. Government score is three. Next, I received a letter that Social Security had actually incorrectly calculated my survivor spouse benefits, but they caught it when they were auditing. So I would receive a small deposit to equal the difference that was owed to me. Government score four. Well, at this point, I have Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B that starts in September, as well as Social Security. And it was all handled by the government with online access and a helpline, helpful Social Security employee in the Chicago office that realized that I was eligible for benefits that I didn't even know about. However, I was still missing my Medicare policy and my Medicare Part D. Medigap policies are private insurance that fill in the gap for what Medicare doesn't pay. The plans have to be uniform for comparison, and there are 36 eligible plans in Tennessee. Medicare Part D coverage pays for prescription drugs, and there are 18 eligible plans in Tennessee. Although Medicare Part D is a government plan, it is administered through pharmacy benefit managers from private insurers. So the standards are set by the government, but the plans are administered privately. Well, it took some time and a lot of reading to figure out which plans were right for me, but I realized that was going to be only the start of the battle. So I applied for my chosen Medigap policy online, but every time I tried to file the application, I got an error message that the system was down and to try again later. For four days, I confirmed the same information and tried again, all without success. I called customer service three times to verify that the website was up and running, but they said they couldn't guarantee me it would work as customer service has no control over the IT group. So, after a week of trying, I finally called customer service and asked to complete the application over the phone. However, they couldn't take my bank account information over the phone, even though it was in my online application. So they said that when the website was back up, I could print a form with a voided check and mail it back to them. So this is what I did on August 4th. But on August 14th, I got a payment book in the mail, and the insurer still has not received my EFT authorization. So I called them again used a credit card over the phone to make my first payment. Private insurance? Zero. For my Medicare Part D policy, the online transmission was fine and I was approved in a couple of days. The problem, however, is that they started the coverage on August 1st instead of September 1st as I listed on the application. I discovered it immediately and have sent three emails to customer service asking for it to be corrected. They have politely indicated that they have checked with the sales team and it can't be corrected since it is already in force. So I have double coverage for prescription drugs throughout August. Private insurance score is still zero. And we are not done yet with my Medicare Part D policy. The private insurer also keyed in dates incorrectly, 
So I was notified by Medicare that I may be subject to a late enrollment penalty for the rest of my life since I didn't enroll when I was first eligible in December 2019. But I didn't need to as I had employee coverage through August 31st of 2020. But the dates were keyed incorrectly by the private insurer so there is more paperwork to be filled out to try to get it corrected. And just to be safe, I called customer service to report the error and filled out the forms and mailed them on 814. But the letter says if they are not received by September 3rd, I am liable for the penalty without recourse. Again, private insurance, score is zero. I'm pleased to report that I do have dental insurance that starts on September 1st from a private insurer, and that was approved without a hitch. So, I have to agree, private insurance got one right. So, we're coming to the end of my insurance applications. My vision insurance appears to be in limbo. Although I was approved on 8-5, as of yesterday, my application still says payment pending. Since I gave them a credit card on 8-5, I'm not sure what they're waiting for. I'm just hopeful they figured out before 9-1 when my current insurance expires. So I'll give them a half of a point. Private insurance score, 1.5. I can't imagine that every person who turns 65 and wants to retire has to go through this massive maze. Both my parents retired at 62 and were always pleased with their Social Security checks and had employer pension-based health insurance. That was almost 30 years ago, and it seems like we've made it more complicated and unworkable with these quasi-hybrid government-private insurer webs. And based upon my experience in the last few months, the score is Government 4, Private Insurer 1.5. Game over. Blessings, my friend. Agatha.